Since the early 1700s, reports of large black cats, too large to be house cats, that seem to resemble black panthers have been seen in the Appalachian Mountains and all over the U.S. and even as far east as Great Britain. What are these mystery cats? You're listening to Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of the Black Panther Cryptids. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. As you can tell from the intro, things are a little different uh, this week. Unfortunately, Coach has had an opportunity arise that he just cannot say no to. And so for the next couple of weeks, you're going to get one half of the dynamic duo along with some guest hosts. And so tonight, we are proud to have Mr. Rob from the Scar Store Idiots. Mr. Rob, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Man, I, I am better than I should be. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> I better bet you had a better day be. than me. That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard that you, your day was not good. It was not good. It'll get better, though. It's already better now, now that I'm here. So Now, since this case is basically all over the map, we decided to go with our tried and true favorite brewery well mine not coaches but bearded iris we are drinking the tunnel vision ipa and it is a little little tasty so if you know anything about our podcast you know we were in love we were smitten with them for a while we tried real hard to get them to sponsor us but Something about interstate beer laws. I mean, you know, the federal government will fuck up anything. They will. I once knew a bearded chick named Iris. <laughs> well, when we first found them, nobody found it funny that I thought it was bearded Iris. Wink, wink. <laughs> They're all like, no, man, I don't get it. I'm like, really? You don't get it? <laughs> Obviously, you don't get it often. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we've got uh, some cool reviews. We got a message on our instagram and i'm sure you can relate to this message because the way he explained it to me uh, i i feel like most of you are probably doing this week to week and this is jeremiah miranda he sent us a message and said hey i just want to say how much i enjoy listening to you too i was yelling shredder when you kept saying splinter is the evil one in ninja turtles Laugh out loud, but Coach swept in with the wind. I can't tell you how much I yell things out while you guys are trying to think of it. I don't know if it helps, but I write a five star. I would write a five star review each week if Apple would allow it. Great show this week, and something sounds real fishy on how Jelani was found. I believe he was put there. Enough of my ramblings. Thanks again for all you guys do. Thank you, Mr. Jeremiah Miranda. We got another uh, Patreon message that said they thought that this was one of the first urban missing 411 cases for Jelani Brinson. So keep the uh, theories coming. Someone said that if it wasn't UFOs, they believe Sasquatch took a trip south. <laughs> he could have. <laughs> he could have. <laughs> uh, but that's enough of the BS. Let's get into it, Mr. Rob. Look, I, was, I just want to say I, that's, that's pretty impressive. You guys got all these uh, nice comments about your <laughs> podcast. 
Because uh, when I pull up Cigar Store Idiots podcast uh, comments, we usually get death threats. And there's been a dead animal or two mailed to the studio. Well, so. you know. Now that we're using it, it could be ours. I mean, hey, <laughs> I appreciate you thinking about us. <laughs> as long as it doesn't land me in a hospital. Right. Or in a shallow grave. <laughs> so uh, before we get started, COVID thing. My son told me today that one of the kids that's on his football team had COVID last year. And now he's got the, the second strain. He never took the, the vaccine. No way. I was like, son, you were on the wrong side of that lottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to not go buy a lottery ticket. Look, I, you know, I don't know. We probably want to get into a bunch of that. But I have a friend of mine, and uh, her and her husband had went to Antigua to um, – it was their anniversary. So they go to Antigua. They get down there. Day four, he starts coughing his head off. Like, he's coughing, like, uncontrolled. So, of course, they go to the clinic down in Antigua. I bet that's high class. I bet there's fly trap. Get that chicken out of here. (laughs) We're trying to x-ray this man's lungs. But, uh, but they go down and sure enough, he's, he's got COVID and she, she's been exposed. So they're trapped. Um, so what are the, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, yesterday now he's in the hospital. Oh shit. Yeah. It's not good. He's got, they got him on oxygen. He's got an IV. She's all alone. Uh, and, and can't go see him. Can't go see him, and she can't leave. She can't come back to the states because they're un- under quarantine. And uh, I know how expensive it is to take a trip somewhere, but to be trapped somewhere after you spent your money to go on a trip, it gets a little sketchy. So, but I, I did actually uh, uh, chatted with her a little bit today, and he seems to be doing a little better today. But they're but they're still and they're there is they're not coming home anytime soon. I mean, no, not with him in the hospital. Not with could him you in the imagine hospital. that hospital oh, bill? No way. That's not good. Yes. Yeah, I could just imagine if I got trapped in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> we we shit the bed when we come down here with the extra money. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'd be like, y'all better get my ass in the back of a car. Quick, headed back to Georgia. I know a guy with a pickup truck and a top. He can get me home. <laughs> Stop breathing on people. <laughs> that's, the, that's the key. Just don't breathe on nobody. Hold your breath for six and a half hours, please. All right, so we are talking about the Black Panthers, and I'm sure that this is a case that I've wanted to do for quite some time. Everybody growing up in the South, and really the way when I started researching this, hell, you could be anywhere in the, the U.S. That's right. Everybody has heard a story. Your uncle was at a hunting camp, or your daddy was driving down a dirt road when he was a kid, or and... uh We've all heard of these Black Panther sightings. It's a it's a rural thing. It is. Yeah. I, I honestly think if you didn't grow up in a city, you have heard you of can st- yeah you can you can say oh yeah man I, I know so and so he told me this story, and so uh, we'll get into some of the stories when we get to uh, the Georgia area, but really man I just I mean it just kept going. I mean I started off with. Uh, Mossy Oak does a gamekeepers podcast. And so they had three parts where they were just telling basically campfire stories. There was a couple of guys that worked for them that had had a siding or two. And then it turned into the uh, back when, you know, I think Toxie Haas, the owner of Mossy Oak, he had a couple of sightings when he was younger. Um, but it was, those were interesting podcasts. So if you are looking for more on this topic, I really highly recommend that. That's going to be my recommendation at the end, but we'll get into it now. But um, just as the history and then what we're going to do is we're just kind of like our Black Eyed Children episode. We're just going to tell different stories. And so, um, like in the opening, these these sightings have gone back since the 1700s. And 
you know, say what you want to about whether or not some of these cryptids are true. For something to have been seen from the 1700s all the way until like now, because there's, there were reports in uh, outside of San Diego, they did like a three-part news article. And, I mean, there was people just come out of the woodwork. So um, you're talking East Coast to West Coast in yeah. the United States, and you actually you get you get digging into it. It's all over the world. It is all over the world, yeah. and you know historically, you're not going to find you know black leopards or black panthers unless you're in Central and South America, maybe Africa and Asia. But and in those cats, that's a it's like it's like a color phase for bears. I mean, it's common down there, but you know, and we'll get into the science behind some of this, but. The two big species or two species of big cats in the Western Hemisphere are the jaguar and the mountain lion. And the mountain lion, and that's another thing that I kind of learned too, because you've heard it called everything. A mountain lion can include pumas, cougars, or catamounts. And basically, all three of those have been all over the continental U.S., as, as well as much of Canada, almost all of Central and South America. So it's not like they're it's an isolated population of pumas and cougars. So, but there's never been a single recorded black phase in a cougar. And that's where the scientists throw the BS card out. And they say that, uh, that the only thing they could be seeing is a jaguar and jaguars don't come into the, uh, the U S even though a couple years ago, there was a trail camera. I believe they had footage of one in, like the border area of Arizona. And so, you know, the Appalachian Black Panthers, anytime someone brings it up to scientists or biologists, they refuse to recognize it. But from Tennessee and West Virginia to the north, reports of these are fairly frequent. And, I mean, and then one thing I saw, too, uh, this, when you're talking about the pigment or the color of the, you know, those those animals, I don't know if they have a, they don't so much have a fur, they have a skin, right? So there's a lot of, a lot of animals that take on that black trait. Like you, there's, I mean, you can see several different types of animals uh, that are just like a normal chicken or a normal whatever. And, and it's black, completely black, kind of like an albino, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just a, it's the, on the, uh, it's what they call so, it, melanism yeah. instead of al, al, albinism. Right. So you, you kind of could, you kind of maybe could throw that in there that some of these, these uh, cougars have, have maybe some of those issues. The one thing that's against it being a jaguar in Appalachia is the weather. Um, yeah, they don't like cold. They don't they like survival. No, but when you look on the flip side, there's plenty of prey. I mean, you've got mice, you've got deer, you've got, like you said, chicken. I mean, anything mm-hmm. in Appalachia. Mm-hmm. And um, but one thing is, they feel like through the research I did that the cat. The, Ap- the Appalachian cat is not really, it's like a, I guess it would be called a subspecies of like a mountain lion because I know um, there's a show on, used to be on Animal Planet called Extinct or Alive. And this guy traveled all over the world and, and he would find these things. And he found like, I think he found three that were supposed to be extinct, but he, he and he found them. And so um, in a lot of his shows, he talks about, like on the island of Madagascar, there was a dwarf hippo. And so it kind of, evolution-wise, it didn't need to be as big as an African hippo. And so the thing with the Appalachian is once you get inside that canopy, 
I mean, it's dark. Mm-hmm. And so they may have just evolved to where that sure. mountain lion population is black, but it's not very big. Right. And then everybody's like, well, you would find a skeleton. Would you? Yeah. I've never, I've been in the woods a million times. And it, you never know, found luckily a Luckily, come God. across yeah. some kind of bones, but nothing, nothing You know, like I mean, and the thing is, a lot of people are like, and this goes any cryptid, you know, especially Bigfoot, well, you're going to find a body or you're going to find bones. Well, how many times have you walked through the woods and you found a snake skeleton? No, not, maybe very seldom. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's rare. And so I, my thing with that is just because you're not seeing it doesn't mean it's not there. And so now, now this is the one that, that will bring a chuckle to everybody. Well, this, well, real quick, I, I was thinking about this and, and you know, people get a hold of exotic animals. I mean, they do. So let's just say a jaguar did, somebody did have a jaguar in the area, and you'd be surprised what your neighbors have in the backyard that you don't know about. Or better yet, in their bedroom. Or in the bedroom. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. I had a few cougars in my bedroom. Time to, no, I'm just kidding. These were, these were just, uh, never mind. Well, that's for another time. But uh, Maybe that's another show. But, but you got, I mean, you got to look at it. I mean, it's a possibility that maybe at some point a jaguar had escaped from some uh, window licker banjo pickers rock shed yeah and uh you know hooked up with a cougar. lottery ruined my life <laughs> i didn't buy the double wide but i bought me two jaguars <laughs> and a pt cruiser <laughs> used purple with flames <laughs> everybody knew it was me that's right but i mean I, th- I mean i think it's a possibility that could be something real that happened oh yeah look at the explosion of uh pythons in florida yes that hurricane broke all those stud- andrew come through oh and- man they, I mean, heck, I saw on the news the those, other day. Those have evolved. Yeah. They, they evolved to, um, to where they can hold on to the cold. Well, not hold on, but they survived the cold. Right. And you, they, there was a, an Indian rock python and then the regular python. At, and the, the Indian python is more aggressive and it can climb. It's like a, it's a climber. And they've, they've crossed species. Now they're, they're a whole different total python. And, uh, and yeah, they're, they're ravaging the, the sunshine state. I mean, they're killing any and everything that, that they can eat. They don't have a predator. There's nothing to control the population. So, no, and that's that's the biggest thing down there. I mean, I know the Florida game and fish do. Um, they've got basically they've got a bounty. You catch yep. them, bring them to us. We'll they give you some you. money. Yeah. And I'm talking now. You know, you when they first started, you were getting two, three footers. Now it's not. Oh, uncommon for you to get mongus. six, eight, ten footers. And they'll gut them open and they've got 30, 40 eggs ready to. Yeah. Yeah. They just, there's nothing that they're control like, the population. They're like wild pigs. Yep. I mean, they, when they breed, by God, they breed. They're the kudzu of the snake world. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like how your analogies work. <laughs> but uh, now this is the big one right here. And uh, I will say that where I grew up, it was a little redneck, but we I've never heard of this one. Until I watched Mountain Monsters on that American History Channel. Yes. And it's the Wampus Cat. <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. I'm, I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> I'm going to leave it alone. But basically, the Wampus Cat is what they call a black panther or a black cat in Tennessee and West Virginia. More, you know, I really like to throw shade on Tennessee anytime I can, but I'm going to go to their defense on this one. This is this is straight out of West Virginia. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> it's fair. It is. Now, it's described as a large panther-like cat with glowing yellow eyes, and sightings have dated back to the colonial days of the U.S. And the origins of the wampus cat, or wampus beast, as it's known, are in the Native American cultures. 
One tale is that of a Cherokee woman upset that she could not go on a hunt with her husband and the other young warriors, and she wears a cougar's hide to disguise herself as she follows the hunters. Probably not really smart. No, not no, no. Not a good move. Not not real good. <laughs> so the first night, the men set up a camp with a fire and began to take turns telling hunting stories. So the wife, still hidden under the cougar pelt, approached the campfire to listen. She is found in the tribe's medicine man, curses her to become the creature she hid under, transforming her into a half-cougar, half-man creature. And then the, uh, another tale from the Cherokee says that the wife sought revenge on a magical beast known as, and I'm going to butcher this, Uwa or Iwa. I like it. That killed her husband by driving him insane. <laughs> To do so, she wore the skin of a mountain lion, and when the beast saw her, it tried to use its magic on her, only to have the spirit of the mountain lion still inhabiting the pelt she wore turn the, the magic back on the beast, causing it to flee. This particular tale sta states that the scorned woman's spirit is hunting the fleeing spirit of the beast to this day. You could probably lay some uh, correlation to this creature to maybe my ex-wife. <laughs> Scorned. She scorned and she drove me insane to the point where I almost <laughs> killed myself. But here I am. <laughs> a man of many talents. <laughs> a high, high bill in the old uh, psychological department. Yes. <laughs> but you have many talents. All right. <laughs> so other legends tell of a witch that roamed West Virginia hunting and killing livestock at night. You know, when in doubt, blame it on Blame it on a woman. Well, or a witch. Too. Yeah, a witch one. or a woman. Yeah. They're the same. So the townsfolk hunted her down and caught her in the middle of her transformation from a large cat beast back to her frail old human body. And when I thought when I read this, I thought about uh that old um the witch in uh, Snow White, how she just Oh yeah. Or the or the hot redheaded witch on uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> as long as she had that necklace on, she was on and popping. <laughs> yeah. Take that necklace off, it's like, oh it's like Shrek. Ooh, oh good God. Oh god. Put the rock back over the hole. Yeah. So they attack the witch. They leave her for dead. But she lived forever stuck between two forms, half cat and half human monstrosity. So basically, the the wampus cat is a cross between a human and a mountain lion or a cougar. The cat's fur covers the entire form of the body. Its forelimbs are shaped more like human arms and its end and end in paws that are almost hand-like. The creature can walk on its hindquarters, though still runs on all fours. It's attracted to fires and has been known to attack campers, but more often just steals food, even when the food has been secured or hidden. Now, in uh, S.E. Schlossler's book, Spooky South, there was a story of a wampus cat, cat encounter, and it goes that during the turn of the 20th century, a hunter by the name of Jinx Johnson who lived on the West Virginia-Virginia border, was out hunting one night with his dogs. He found that the Appalachians were not very welcoming to him and his dogs, and he heard one of his dogs begin to whimper, and it ran off the path they were on. Suddenly, the forest air filled with a putrid odor, like an animal had messed with a skunk and fell into a bog. Jinx then heard something howl behind him. He turned around quickly, dropping his rifle in the process, and found himself face-to-face -face with a black cat-like beast with glowing yellow eyes, saliva dripping from its large fangs. 
As any man would, Jinx was petrified. He described the creature as looking like a mountain lion, but it was standing on its hind legs. The beast howled once more, causing the fight or flight response to kick in, and Jinx chose to run like the wind. Did he have a gun? He did, but he dropped it, and that's what I don't understand. When the shit hits the fan, I feel like, and I may be wrong, I'm not letting go of I'm not dropping my gun. No. It's a Marcus Luttrell situation. That's right. That thing's six inches from me at all times. All times. <laughs> especially, especially you got some uh, critter with jaundice behind you, yeah. yellow eyes glowing at you. He's hacking up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Running as fast as he could to his near to a nearby friend's house, Jinx could almost feel the breath of the beast on his neck as it chased him through the woods. He made it in the nick of time, and Jinx's friend slammed the door shut on the beast. Jinx and his friend had to hold the door shut as the creature tried to get in. Eventually, the creature gave up and wandered back into the woods. Jinx spent the night and the next morning trying to find his dogs, and when he did find them, they were cowering in a nearby barn. After that, guess what? Old Jinx, he didn't go hunting at night anymore. He may have been the first documented vegetarian right there. Right there. He's like, I'm not hunting anymore. Turned if him. it ain't growing in the backyard, I don't need it. It turned him right there. I wonder what that dog tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one is the Beast of Bodeman. This is where we cross the pond. And um, this kind of touches on what you were talking about with the um, exotic animal trade and like pets, you know, being Siegfried and Royd and yeah. being stupid. Money, you know, money buy, may not buy you happiness, but it will buy you a bunch of dumb shit. Well, I just heard recently there's a neighborhood in Texas. I forgot what part of Texas, but they're all on the lookout for this giant king cobra that got loose from this guy's house. <laughs> in Texas. In like Texas. Any, there's not anything I, else in Texas I that would, would kill you. I would have got it if it was Florida. Yep. It would have made more sense. But Texas, nonetheless. People I are, wanted to put in the opening, you know, we did a, a, a kind of Florida man story where he was found with a, a forty-five pistol, an empty bottle of Jack, and some enriched uranium. And he was trying to breed his, and a rattlesnake, and he was trying to make a super snake. And I was thinking if I could have remembered his name, I would have put him in the opening saying, <laughs> maybe he, had, he, he got successful. To, he got something to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just can't have a good time anymore. You can't take your snake and drink liquor. What is the name? Of, what was that movie that had, uh, I think it was... Uh, Val Kilmer was in it, and you had um, who's got Marlon Brando is his last movie, I think, where they crossbreeded people with animals. I know which. Yeah, it was the uh, some the island of Doctor Moreau. Doctor Moreau. That was it. Yeah, maybe we had one of those guys over in West Virginia splicing critters together. I don't know. He might not have been splicing critters. (laughs) He might have been splicing DNA. This looks just like your aunt Susan. (laughs) Why does that tree not have any branches? Don't put it in that beehive. Do you know? Yeah, the old Indian yeah. story. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he slapped her on the butt. After mm. <laughs> check them from Wall Street. <laughs> After the 375th sting in my growing region. Doc, I can you do anything about realize that itching? it was a bad idea? I like the swelling. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take all the swelling we can get. Yeah. All right. So the Beast of Bodeman. The Bodeman Moor is an area of national parkland in Cornwall, which is in southwest England. And since 1983, there have been over 60 sightings of big cats in the area. 
That's a lot. That is quite a few. And uh, some of them suggest there may be a whole breeding population on the moors. One recent sighting was of a mother cat and her cub together, which would lead you to believe somebody is having babies. Mm -hmm. Now, despite all of the sightings, the British government reported in 1995 that there was no evidence of big cats on the moors. And if the government tells you it's so, man, they ain't going to lie to you. No. Why would the government lie? Ever. (laughs) Ever. Ever. Tell the truth. Since 1995, there has been some some tangible evidence that has been a little startling that has come to light. A 20-second video was released in July of 1998 that shows a large black animal roaming the moor. And we actually have the YouTube web address, and I'll try to put that on our socials. But basically... A lot of the experts that that are champion that these cats are real believe that this footage is the best evidence to date to support that they are in the area. And uh, many also suggest that the beast may be a native species of cat, which was thought to have become extinct over 100 years ago. Around the time the video was released, Maurice Jenkins, a quarry Weybridge worker, was driving near Exmoor, which is also near Bogman, and he spotted an odd creature at the side of the road. So he turned his car headlights onto the cre- creature, and he said, quote... Was, Are you doing this in an English accent? I can. Let's quote... <laughs> I can't now. I'm laughing. <laughs> I just was, want to hear the first sentence. It was a big a big black pussycat. <laughs> his eyes reflected in me headlights, and I slowed down so I could get a better look, and it sat watching me. It was the size of a collie dog with a jet black head and tail. He leapt away and made off into the fields. Was he in Magic City? Yeah. He saw a big black pussycat. Big black pussycat. <laughs> I heard them lemon pepper wings was fire <laughs> in Magic City. <laughs> <laughs> them big black pussycats all over the place in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, sorry. Uh, real biological evidence have also been found in Bodeman. A large skull with huge fangs was found near the river Fowey on the Bodeman Moor, and the bones were sent to a manimal, to a mammal specialist. That was a TV show. Cunning linguist I is. <laughs> manimal? Remember manimal. that one? Manimal. That's a good one. Sent to a mammal specialist at the British Natural History Museum, who, when examined, quickly realized that the skull did not belong to a creature normally found in the English countryside. Well, what gave it away? The big fangs or that it was a big-ass cat? Because of the size and the position of the teeth, they also concluded that it was the head of a large meow-meow. Well, it took all those smarts to figure that out. Yeah, you know the guy that picked it it up out of the bog was like, ain't nothing I ever seen before. I've never seen one of these ever. So in November of 1999, a series of farm animal mutilations on Bodeman Moor caused a panic. A calf and two sheep were attacked and torn apart by an unknown creature, and a motion-activated infrared video camera was installed to monitor the moor. So fast forward to January 2001, reserve volunteers from a nearby Royal Air Force base used state-of-the-art night vision military equipment to hunt for the creature. And when... The uh, press got a hold of this. They asked the uh, Royal Air Force commanders why they were out there looking for the fabled beast of Bodeman. And they, they were like, well, uh, other than 
letting them run around and shoot each other with laser tag. Why don't we just see if they can find something? Yeah. And so that's what happened. And it is unknown whether or not the Royal Air Force found any trace of the beast. Classified. Classified. Wait, like magic classified. <laughs> Above top secret. Don't you dare tell anybody. <laughs> what we I just saw, saw this big black pussy cat roaming, <laughs> trolling on that stage. Trying what, to wait, wrong thing, trying man. Trying to swallow up my dollar bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So then in May of 2001, a uh, peculiar, vicious-looking and wild animal was found in the garden of a house in Barnet, north of London. And this in- brought out a team of armed police, inspectors, and vets were needed to capture what turned out to be a lynx. And those are not very common over there. That's where you got the exotic animal trade. Yep. Now, in uh, September of 1998, in the same area, which they say is near Potter's Barn in South Mims, and I'll just take their, their word on that's in the same area, they were told that com- those two community communities were told to stay indoors while police look for a large cat that was also sighted there. So if you're going door to door and saying, don't come out here, there's a big cat on the loose. I mean, there's some credence to that. Yeah. I'm I'm definitely going outside. I am too. It's like rednecks and a tornado. There was a tornado just four miles from here. Where? I heard a train coming. I opened the door. It was dark. I told the old lady, I was like, get my teeth off the dresser. The news will be here any minute. <laughs> if it's going to hit, honey, it's going to hit right don't- here in the park. Don't give me that Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt with a mustard stain on it. I don't want people to think I'm stupid. <laughs> Get my Undertaker shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, farmers in Southwest England do not agree that these creatures are, I guess, tame is a good way <laughs> to put it. And uh, many believe that, like you said, it is, it's an escaped foreign cat. And a number, I did not realize this, but more go missing from zoos and wildlife parks than you would believe. How do you just misplace a big-ass animal? I don't know. I mean, it's like Tiger Tiger King yeah. was out there, and he's like, damn it, get, she's just obsessed with me. I'm going to let my cats go. <laughs> well, if you if you remember on that show, uh, the guy was trying to, that will open up the whole door to Tiger King. The guy was trying to shed some light on the illegal venomous uh, sna- uh, reptile trade. And this guy's out there. He's got a snow leopard in his uh, pedophile van. And he's like, I paid $1,200 for it. And that thing's out there just like. <laughs> about like, to die. About to die in the, in the freaking Florida heat. Florida heat. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, apparently those things are attainable. Like you can, I mean. You we, don't even have to be on the dark wheel. You don't. You can just go, you can just go buy one. Yeah. Any kind you want. Now, a lot of people believe it, that they are escaped animals from private collections and if i have an illegal animal and it gets loose i sure shit ain't calling the cops like jimmy hey man the cops came stole all my weed <laughs> yeah yeah who are you gonna call if your uh exotic animal escapes because your ass is in trouble yeah be like i don't know what y'all are talking about yeah in britain in 1976 they had the dangerous wild animals act which made the ownership of big cats illegal but we're talking about as in i mean I saw stories from like 2011 that these cats are roaming around. They're still getting cats come in. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. There was a, when I was a kid, I remember 
uh, in this area, in Rome, Georgia, a lady had a lion in a cage. Yeah, I remember that. And when DNR, uh, if somebody hit a deer or something, DNR would go pick it up and, and take, take it to her to feed yep. the lion. Yeah. I remember that. I wonder if she still got it. I don't know. I don't know. That thing's got to be dead by now. I mean, I was a little bitty kid when that was going down. And I'm old now, so. But yeah, how? I mean, you just don't ever know what people have. No. I mean, there's, uh, talking about the illegal reptile trade with that thing in Texas, it's probably been maybe as long as 10 years ago, but they busted like a an apartment in Cleveland, downtown Cleveland. This guy had like 60 exotic snakes, like endangered. Yeah, and if you were to get bit, there's no antivenom. You're, no. You're dead. He's yeah. got these, yeah. Yeah, he's got Gaboon one of those, vipers and fear yeah. the lances. And they call you. them, yeah, like 100 steppers. Yeah. You got 100 steps and your ass is done. gone. Yeah. And you're hemorrhaging from all pores. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how a lot of people can just blow this off as like, oh, man, that's just made up. Well, I mean. No, it's, it's, it, it, shit's real. Yeah. <laughs> Something's really happening. So. Yeah. When in doubt, follow the money. That's exactly what it is. Now, Ohio had a Black Panther sighting. And old Elmer Nesbaum, he had a sheep farm back in 1997, back in the March area. He went I just saw the first sentence where it said, uh, Elmer Nesbaum and pinned a sheep. I was like, oh, well, what's, in what's the next sentence? <laughs> I didn't want to read the next sentence. It's not in West Virginia. <laughs> just turning this off now. Yeah. So. <laughs> so when he went to the sheep pen, which was built on a concrete slab, he only saw a <laughs> The few. edge of a mountain. <laughs> Sorry. He had some red ball boots. Yeah, he did. <laughs> you just get them to the edge. And they just and back push back. They just back they push back. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now, he uh, when he checked his pen, he only saw a few of his sheep still there, but most of the ones that were still standing were colored red. The rest were lying down, bathed in blood. And Nesbaum called the vet who did what he could to save the ones that were still alive. Whatever attacked these sheep clawed and bit the sheep with fangs but did not eat them. So Nesbaum goes and he reinforces his pen with heavy gates and uh, more chain-link fencing covered by chicken wire to put a stop to it. He also placed six traps in front of the gates. Now, what's funny is Whatever it was, set off the traps and also clawed the gates in two. You know what's odd about that? If you if you know anything about big cats, which I don't, but I, I'm gonna make, play like a do. assumption. You stated a Holiday Inn Express. I did, you? I did. Um, big cats kill and eat like they don't kill for fun. You yeah, know what that, I mean, a dog and now a dog will kill like a you know a dog will kill something just to kill it. But a but a cat, a wolf, you know, even a you know I, they don't just kill for fun. So it's kind of odd that these sheep were just murdered and left to die and not eaten. Right. That, that's It's almost like Chupacabra kind of style. I would say that. Is it, was it a Chupacabra? Is it a Chupacabra? <laughs> William Reeder, a dog warden and Humane Society director, investigated Mr. Nesbaum's account. And so in April of 97, he investigated the next incident which was Sherwood Burkholder, and he found 40 of his sheep dead killed by an unknown animal. The next day, he found 17 more, so he's lost 57 sheep in two days. There were casts taken of huge paw prints, which were feline. Hmm. Now, unlike bears and canines, cat's claws are retractable, mm-hmm. 
And as the slaughter increased, credible people began reporting sightings with the first in April. And then Maria Henderson saw what she thought was a dog, then realized it was a very large black and gray cat. Bob Cross observed a large black cat for almost 10 minutes in the same area. Fast forward to May, a deputy saw glimmering cat eyes in the beam of his spotlight, and that was corroborated by tracks. Lou Abile went to his barn, and as he was walking back to his house, he saw feline tracks that weren't there before. Apparently, the cat leapt from the hayloft and walked away. That would have scared the shit out of Oh, yeah, that would have freaked me out. There would have been feline tracks and feces, human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was two. There was a physical movement and a bowel movement. (laughs) (laughs) Barbara Price saw a large black and gray cat that also left tracks. Fang marks were found on a German shepherd's neck. And the the sheep killings continued and expanded to peacocks, domestic ducks, and a dog. Two more people saw the large dark cat. And a veterinarian examined what was assumed to be the animal's droppings and found that they were characteristic of cat scat. Read, could you imagine that being a, hey, doc, you take, take, take a gander of this poop. It's cat scat. He's like, no, cat scat. I ain't got to touch it. I ain't even got to smell it. <laughs> I already know what it is. A little nutty. <laughs> Austin Powers. <laughs> this coffee tastes, tastes like nuts. shit. <laughs> It's because it is. It's because it is. Well, at least you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, Reader and a deputy joined two Lafayette police officers who had the cat in sight. They held it in the spotlight beam, circling towards it. The cat began to walk toward them docilely at first, but when it was within range of the tranquilizer guns, it sped into the woods, leaving the familiar tracks that everyone had seen. How about uh, we just knock a leg off? Just something, shoot a leg off. Something. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna maim him. I've never met so many unprepared people when it comes down to tracking down a, a killer wild cat. Nobody's got a gun. Nobody's got a video camera. Nobody's got shit. At what point did you not think? Video, and it's not like look. If, if me and you, it was going, like the '60s. Yeah. It was '97. If if me and you are going out. Tracking down, I'm 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 loading up like on a Schwarzenegger on Predator. I'm on, I'm at grenades, all kinds of shit. We're going after it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's trying to make fifty six sheep in two days, we're not trying to make friends with it. No. I got him. I got him, boys. I shot a leg off. <laughs> all right. So now we get into the Texas sightings. All right, we got it. We're going to go to uh, a Texas sighting, uh, October the sixth, two thousand seventeen. James Shelton. And he states, I have place, I have a place about six miles southeast of Graham, Texas. In the past 20 plus years, I've seen cougars, bobcats on the property and always enjoyed getting to see their impact on the smaller critters and even found a good sized buck that they had pulled away, uh, pulled into a tree uh, by a cougar a few years back. In 2004, I walked up on a large black cat with a long tail that didn't taper at the end. It was thick. Uh, it was thick at the end and rounded. Okay. We're talking about a cat's tail? <laughs> what is he doing? Hello. Hey. How you um, doing, Mr. Shelton? I startled it. I bet you did. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> I startled it. As much as surprise, it, it surprised me, and it quickly went down into a gully that I may have just come up out of when I came along. I was so shocked by its size and color. 
I actually followed down the large rocks pretty stupid until I realized that uh, that was not very bright. So he was following this thing with this girthy round tail, black, black, girthy round tail. (laughs) I told some. I guess that's the Texas Park and Wildlife. Okay, I I was about to say toilet paper. Yeah, TPW. Okay, all right. Um, about the sightings, they looked at me as if they'd, I'd seen the pink panther. <laughs> oh, damn it, I ain't lying. <laughs> this guy is a big fan of Lone Star beer. He drinks a lot of that shit. It's good beer. I ain't gonna lie. When I told a local who, who had originally thought I was crazy, when I told him the cougar was on the, on the, on my place, he later verified it immediately perked up and shared a story about a woman feeding horses and seeing something similar at dawn a few days earlier, a few miles away. So that kind of gave him some validation. I ain't stupid. I, I know what I saw. <laughs> I know I didn't smoke all of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the animal was dark, I'd say black, but it did have a pattern of a lighter brown honeycomb marking on it, even on the, even on the tail. So that's a jaguar. That's the markings of a jaguar. Yeah. I set up a camera, a game camera, I never got a photo. I have not seen the big dark cat since. Uh, still getting a cougar every every few years, and several bobcats came around. <clears throat> but I think someone on surrounding properties killed him. People are afraid of cats. Um, they, they're afraid they're going to kill their pets, their goats, calves, and then they kill them uh, because, you know, that livestock's money. Yeah. So, no, it's been too long to really mean anything. Just wanted to let you know, regardless of what, TPW says there are large black cats out there. And that's, I, I think this is a good point in this, in our little discussion here. You know, I've heard of, and this may be an urban legend, but I've heard of an, an old farmer around here actually going to uh, the Department of Natural Resources and saying, look, man, y'all gonna have to come out to my place. There's this big ass cat yeah. out there and he's taking some of my calves. Sir, there's no such animal around here. So he comes back and he brings like, uh, like bite marks from a, a carcass, and he's like, "Look, this is what's going on, sir. That's that that's a dog." Da 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 da. And he's like, "Well, here's the deal, buddy. When I shoot that son of a bitch and I bring him in here, then you'll know it's real." And mm-hmm. the and the the story goes that the the DNR agent looked at him and said, "If you kill one, it's a ten thousand dollar fine." And the old farmer turned around and said, "How could it be a fine if they don't exist?" Yeah, good for him. <laughs> don't mess with the overalls yeah, yeah, boys. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm sure everybody's heard that that story. It's probably been changed around a different time or two. But I mean, and w- I guess I'll save the next one for when we get to Georgia. But the next Texas sighting was in uh, October of 2017. It was on the 14th. So the same year. Yeah. And this is by a lady named Christy. And she says, we have property in Limestone County, specifically between Mart and Grosbeck. Last spring, March of 2017, my Great Danes rushed out of the yard into our pasture after something towards the Wooded Creek. I was watching closely as we have had several young calves and yearlings go missing. Those of us in the area are aware we have a predator. My dogs are both over 130 pounds, but they went to the creek and into the woods along it. They promptly hightailed it back into the fence and me. I thought at first it must have been a false alarm, but they saw, but then I saw a large black cat slowly, serenely walking along the edge of the woods. It walked across the gravel road and continued into the creek area. It was without a doubt a cat, black with a long tail, 
The tail was nearly as long as the body of the cat. I would estimate the size of the cat to be about 75 pounds, roughly the size of a full-grown Labrador. Not as big as my Great Danes, but big enough to send them scurrying away. When I was speaking of it with one of my neighbors, she told me that everybody knows that there are black panthers in the area. Now, we are fairly new to the area. Her and her husband and a laborer got too close to one building a fence near the woods creek line. That doesn't make any sense. Her husband and a laborer got too close to one building a fence. Was the cat building the fence? Because that don't make a whole lot of sense. He's like, I walked out and this cat's got a... Bring me a sandwich. Hey, I need some more nails. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she said they were putting in post and heard a little rumble. They looked up and in a tree not 15 feet away was a black panther watching them. She said they commenced to backing away, yelling and waving their arms. The panther jumped about 10 feet out of the tree the other way and walked deeper into the woods. She just laughed and said they took a long lunch and came back with guns on their hips, but they didn't see it again. She didn't tell me when that happened, and she was so casual about it. I didn't think there was anything unusual about it until I was looking to see if there are panthers in the Gatesville area only to find out the existence of what I saw and what the locals accept as common knowledge is denied. Well, yeah, they ain't going to tell you that they're big-ass cats running around. People no. shit their pants. Yeah. Well, that just goes right into uh, October 19th, same year, 2017, in Euless, Texas. I encountered what I, can only be described as a black panther on Wednesday morning, October 18th, 2017, around 6.15 a.m., I was taking the dog out, leash with her uh, in the lead, and we're walking down the front steps, uh, suddenly planted her feet and began to moonwalk backwards. That's impressive. A dog's doing moonwalk. Um, I, looked, <laughs> I looked up and screamed because less than seven feet from us was a black, powerful, built animal. Hmm. I screamed, and it glided across the driveway as, uh, as we, of course, ran back into the house. An hour or so later, when the sun was up, I went out to look at the grass uh, where it had crossed and uh, was bending sideways and smashed down quite deeply, indicating that the animal had to have had significant body weight. So she's looking at the at the tracks yeah. in the grass. Uh, I'm wondering, due to the circumference of the grass, uh, grassy area that has been disrupted, if it had been crouching in that spot uh, waiting on my dogs to come out. Yikes. This chick was smart. She was using 50 cent words. Yeah. The circumference, circumference of my grass. Of the wandering dew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in April of 2018, Megan May says, on April 2nd, my dogs are fenced and we're going crazy early, 4.30 to 5 a.m. on a Friday morning, which would have been the 30th of March of 2018. When my husband went out on the back porch to check on them, he saw two black panthers on the immediate outside of our iron fence. When they saw him, they ran, but they certainly were not afraid of our barking dogs. They were definitely black with long tails. They were as big or a bit bigger than my dogs, who are both 85 to 90 pounds. We are at the edge of Rockwell County and Collin County on Highway 205. Three or so years ago, one ran in front of my car on 205 and crossed into the bottoms between Lake LeVon and Lake Ray Hubbard. 
I called the Corps of Engineers to tell them what I saw. I knew it was not a bobcat. They told me they knew of a black panther in that area at the time because they had seen paw prints. About a year ago, a mountain lion jumped out on out of one of our trees in our yard and killed a rabbit while we were on the back Holy porch. Holy shit. I would have cracked. They were on the back porch Dude, watching a rabbit, and all of a sudden this mountain lion jumps out of a tree. I'd have shit all yeah, over yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have freaked out. I would have freaked out. Now, this this kind of this is something that, I, that could be a possibility where these 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 black cancer cats are showing up from. There's a group of people that will purchase these animals, these black cats, and they have them declawed. They don't take their fangs out, of course, but they they have them declawed, and they turn them loose in the wild and they hunt them with uh, dogs. Yeah, it's the old. Uh, if you're from the south, they're called tower shoots. They'll go buy like. A hundred pheasants, and they'll throw them out of this fifty-foot tower, and you just shoot them, and then take them home and eat them. Right. It would be basically the same thing. The same thing. thing. This yeah. defenseless animal. I mean, and they don't give the animal really time to run off. I mean, they as soon as it comes out. I mean, it's it's really kind of it's kind of sad. But they'll 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 free them out of these cages out in these fields, and then they turn the dogs loose on them immediately. So they don't really get a chance a fighting chance to get away. But maybe some of them did get away, and I'm pretty sure a panther. Or a jaguar could breed with a with a cougar. Yeah, and, and then and then like you're looking at like a black lab and a yellow lab. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, now you got a fifty fifty shot. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna have a darker brown. Yep. If you're having a jaguar, you're you're introducing that honeycomb pattern on yeah. the skin. So I mean, it's a possibility that 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 that's some reasoning to where I mean, especially in Texas, I think they probably do that. A good bit there. There's probably those type of big game hunts they set up in Texas with those those big cats like that. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, now, in April of 2020, so this is recent. Now, this one is the one I found last night. Yeah, this is like last year. Yeah, and I was like, wow. Okay, so this guy, and there's a a message board on, I think it's Texas Wildlife. So, all you got to do is type in uh, Black Panther Sightings Texas, and it's it's a blog post. And the actual game and fish will come on there and kind of like try to tell you what you've seen and stuff like that. But th- that site has probably 100 sightings on it. But basically, in April of 2020, a guy posts that he's an avid outdoorsman who pretty much has hunted or seen just about every animal there is to see in and around his area. His wife comes from a small town mostly filled with hunters, so again, they're used to seeing and hearing predators out and about. Now, with the pandemic beginning to take full effect in April of 2020, him and his wife wound up staying at his parents' apartment at the time north of... Dallas Fort Worth. Now, there he states that they got to experience some odd things in the apartment, but nothing as physical as we did on that night. What are you experiencing in your parents' apartment that wasn't physical? Wasn't me there. I'm getting physical. I care. Get physical. Care where I'm at. We're getting physical. <laughs> so this is him. No, I can't. I can't go back. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it alone. We're just going to let that one sink slowly. We're going to let it sleek off into the dark (laughs) forest. All right, so he states, We took our dog on his nightly walk a little later than we usually walk him, maybe around 1 a.m. if memory serves correctly. And within a few moments into the walk, we were 
cryptid observing a odd light in the sky. So now we're talking about alien big cats. Now seeing planes it. and helicopters are not unusual in the area, but the way it moved and such distracted us. It was at this point that our dog started acting weird. Almost scared at this point, I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. It seemed weird to me in the way it not only moved, but how dark it was. To this day, I have never seen a black that deep. Almost human-like, yet I saw it slowly moving on all fours, almost like it was near crawling while holding a perfect balance. I have trouble finding the proper phrasing when it comes to it, but... It noticed I was looking at it. It sent an uneasy feeling I hope I never feel again through my spine. I drew my con- my concealed carry weapon and tracked its movements at a low ready position. You Why know, didn't he just tell us what kind of gun he had? Yeah. I pulled my Glock 19 with the lying. hollow point. Yeah. He's lying. You didn't pull shit. <laughs> you crapped your britches. Yeah, he did. He pulled his, he pulled his doo-doo stained underwear out of the crack of his ass. <laughs> yeah. Only for this animal to size me up, I guess, realize I was in reality not worth its time. It It called me a little bitch and ran away. (laughs) It flicked its hair back and said, fuck you, Karen. (laughs) You and your CCW. (laughs) It slowly turned away and began walking away. I stood there frozen for a second, turning my back to my wife to ensure she was okay, only to go down the path it went down towards. I'm calling bullshit on that. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit on that. Chasing it like an idiot. I did not see it after that, and even after returning our dog home and looking for it, we never saw it again. The words I used to describe it were pretty close to huge, muscular, cat-like creature. I've been exposed to some wild, some large wild cats, but nothing I have ever come across in the field came close to that. I was maybe two car lengths away from it, but what... I estimate, I'd say at least seven feet big. It was on all four, so hard to estimate, but it was definitely top heavy. I'd say, imagine Arnold putting on a panther costume. Got a foot taller and moved with agility of a wild cat. This guy right here is the one, if you've been to the moon, he's been there two times and he knows a faster way to get there. Timmy Topper. I'm calling bullshit on him. Yeah, I am too. So far, everybody that we've discussed, I was like, hmm, they saw something. This, this guy, one? No. No. He's like, ooh, this is going to look good on my blog. You, sir, are full of shit. <laughs> That's why he didn't leave his name on his post. <laughs> yeah, because he knew people would be looking his ass up on Facebook, ripping him a new one. <laughs> You're full of shit, dude. <laughs> if anything, he was probably trying to figure out if they had got that new insurance policy <laughs> Form signed about his wife, and he's about to throw that bitch in front of that cat. Be like, kill her, hit her, don't stop. I shot her. I was trying to shoot, shoot the, the cat. cat, and I shot her <laughs> seventeen times in the back. It looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger with a cat on his back. <laughs> yeah, this guy's full of shit. He was screaming, "Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't believe a word that guy just said. <laughs> All right, so now we get into the hometown story. Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. <laughs> and I didn't realize this until I was writing my notes. One of the oldest sightings in the state of Georgia was right here in the hometown of your studio and your podcast. Oh, yeah? In 1958 near Rome, Georgia, a motorist reported that a huge black panther jumped on the side of his car and left muddy paw prints on the side of his automobile. 
Other reports in Georgia exist, some in the metro Atlanta area. So well, that's, that's the wrong that's, kind of Black Panther, though. That's true. We talking about, yeah, we're talking about two legged. <laughs> I but, didn't mean to interrupt your Black, Black Panther, Panther party. <laughs> but if it, if you take it at face value, that in the sixties, so I mean late fifties, early sixties, mm-hmm. that's the the whole I'm gonna flaunt my money. You know them son of a bitches are in leisure suits with Black Panthers on chains walking them down the damn street. Sure. Sure they are. <clears throat> sure they are. Let's go look at uh uh in Lorraine Lorraine Coleman's book, Mysterious America. Or Lauren. No, it's not Lorraine, it's Lauren. Sorry. Uh he mentions that's that public school education I got. Uh, he mentions in a report in 1975 where a local paper in Stockbridge, Georgia, ran a story with the headlines, Something Screams in the Night. <laughs> well, well, in the uh, when, when was this? In 75? 75, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. I wasn't responsible for that I was one. a baby. I may have been screaming in the night, but you didn't own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. According to the report, uh, people in the vicinity reported seeing a sleek black cat having a long tail. The animal also had very large eyes, so much so that they were described the size of silver dollars. Silver dollar city. Silver. Uh, the report also mentions that the farmers pinned up goats that had been killed by them. Had 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 pinned up goats that had been killed by the animals. A few days later, a few residents of Stockbridge reported this same seeing the same animal. These reports caused such a um, such a ruckus that officials, city officials, and Department of Natural Resources set traps all over the area. Officials at the University of Georgia, specifically Dr. Ernest Provost, weighed in uh, on the topic. He declared that there may be panthers here, but they're not black. The black business, <laughs> this black business has never been proven, nor has it ever gotten, have we ever uh, gotten a black panther? The curator of the Atlanta Zoo at the time, Ron Jackson, mentioned that Black Panthers were not a biolog- not a biological impossible, biologically impossible, but so far, no one had one. Man, so the curator of the zoo didn't shoot it down. I mean, he just was saying that they hasn't. It's a possibility, but nobody has anything to really bring to the forefront to prove it. Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know. When you have, and people can say what you want to, and I think about Louis Guzard's story about the University of Georgia when he says that, you know, that lady came back in the late 80s, early 90s and said they were just handing out diplomas. And he's like, no, you had to stop at the stop sign to throw your diploma in, in the truck. <laughs> yeah, for real. But, I mean, say what you want to. I've had to go to the University of Georgia for a lot of education stuff. And like any university, you just don't have hometown people teaching at the university. You mm-hmm. have some some very good, well-documented research people. And mm-hmm. so for that doctor to say, hey, there may be some panthers here, but I've not seen one that's, right. that's the melanism. I mean, that holds some water. Yeah, it didn't, he didn't shoot it down. No. I mean, he, he basically said it's, a very, it's possible. So it's in, proof. Now, in 2014, uh, a guy wrote that I grew up in West Central Georgia, right on the Georgia-Alabama line. We lived out in the country and had a swamp down behind our house. I had a dog. I love Pete's poor dog's name. I had a dog named Silver Chief. I bet he was uh, gray colored. Uh, he's probably brown, to be honest with you. But when he was <laughs> when he was a puppy, I was a baby. We grew up together. I had graduated high school when he died. That has no, no relevance. No. 
Anyway, that dog was not afraid of anything, man or beast. We had been having some chickens killed at night and thought it might be a fox. One night I heard the chickens hollering, so I grabbed a flashlight and my twenty-two rifle. That ain't going to do it. Nope. That's going to piss it off. Yep. And ran to the chicken house. It was dark, but I saw some big and white-looking jump over something. It should have said something. He he can't type. <sighs> he should have said it was dark, but I saw something big and white-looking jumping over the chicken wire fence. It was seven feet high. I went in, and there was six dead chickens. It was not long after that on another night I heard my dog barking. I could tell by his bark he had something treed. All of a sudden, he screamed and ran back to the house. He had never run from anything. My brother grabbed the twenty-two and walked up into the woods. He was walking around and heard claws scratching on tree bark. He looked up right into the eyes of what we called the Wampus Cat. Or our Uncle Tommy. <laughs> He's an idiot savant, heavy on the idiot. <laughs> he likes hanging out at the chicken coops at night. Smoking his cigarettes. <laughs> It was getting ready to pounce on him. My brother, who was an excellent hunter, just threw the rifle barrel up and, without taking aim and shot the cat right through the head. He brought the cat home. Oh, shit. We have a cat. And we I have had, a carcass. And I had never seen anything like it. It was solid yellow slash white colored, had long three or four inch fur, and a tail about four or five inches long. Even with the short tail, he was three feet long from nose to tail. We skinned him, salted that skin, Stretched it on the barn door. I remember we used to hear it screaming in the swamp at night. Sometimes it sounded like a woman screaming, and sometimes it sounded like a baby crying. Well, that's a bobcat. Yeah. I mean, hands that's, down. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah, that's an albino bobcat. I I have a... I, so, I'll let you finish the last the last thing, and then I've got to actually have a, a real true story that I could tell you. I have never seen anything like it before or since. It had huge teeth that had grooves in the gums and lips on the opposite of the teeth. It had huge feet. Yeah, mm. that's a bobcat. It's a bobcat. Man. Yeah. And they can get big, man. Bobcats Dude, can get really big. Before you tell your story, so this is probably five years ago. I'm a, a huge duck hunter. Anybody on this podcast that listens to this podcast knows. And shout out to Richard Hartline for, you know, being a uh, accessory to my addiction. And, <laughs> I need to go. I've never been. I always wanted to go duck hunting. And inviting me to Arkansas. So I get on Google Maps all the time, and like an idiot, I find what looks like a good spot. So a buddy of mine had a boat, and I was like, look, man, it's probably about a 45-minute boat ride. But we go upstream, and I think if we get there, there's an island, we may be able to get into the island, kind of catch them flying by to the cornfield. He's like, yeah, man, I ain't got nothing else to do. Well, it was cold as I'll get out. We got out there at like daybreak. Not one of my better ideas. So my son at the time was 12. And so he's in the front of the boat. And I'm trying to tell him, do not get in front of the boat. <laughs> so anyway, we come around and we're puttering along. We come around this bend. And man, there's this bobcat on the side of the bank. And it reminds me of that story you told off the air the other day about grabbing onto those privets. It was one of those where the river had kind of washed out the bank, and so there was like a, a overhang, like the underside of a mushroom. Yep. And I'm not lying to you. This bobcat, it had to be five feet long, man, and it was just watching us. That's the biggest bobcat I have ever laid eyes yeah. on. And it's on the riverbank. I mean... There's farms all over the place. And so, 
It's definitely big. Those are that's that's a big enough size to take down a, a calf mm-hmm. or a sheep or a goat for sure. I mean, one hundred percent. And my thing with that whole, it, and I go, you know, we kind of we've talked about this in and out through it throughout this whole episode. But think about it. If you're a hunter, think about if you if you hunt deer, if you're hunting deer and the deer are mainly in wide open spaces, their horns are are bleached or their 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 fur or their hide is a lighter color. Mm-hmm. But if you ever hunt deer in a thicket and that's all they know, they've got big dark chocolate yes, horns. Yes. And so I'm thinking you may have, you know, a bobcat that's crossed with a house cat and, you know, you've got a longer tail and it's just dark colored mm-hmm. and it's mistaken identity. I'm not saying that, you know, the black doesn't it's not out there. I just think there's a lot of plausible explanations to these sightings. How it can happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, um, my dad's best friend, uh, one of his best friends, this guy, if if you want to know a real true mountain man, this guy, he, he cut his finger almost off with a chainsaw and went to the convenience store and bought thread and needle and sewed his finger back on. Still got his finger. It didn't fall off. Got bit by a snake more than once. Never went to the hospital. Just toughed it out. Just a tough old bastard. He's tougher than a two dollar steak. And uh, we would go hunting with him, and uh, him he would tell you straight up and his kids, and like he's like no nonsense. He's like he's just straight shooter. And they tell us about the white thing. And this is up in northwest Georgia, up in uh, Chattooga County. Um, what is it, Chattooga Subligna? Now around yeah, that area. Yeah, yeah. And they swore that there was a creature in the woods that they, he had seen it more than once and they called it the white thing and it would go, uh, he could see it moving from tree to tree and it would scream like a woman, like at night you could hear it and then like he he, he was in a tree stand hunting and uh, he looked and he heard it scream and he looked, you know, in the distance and he said it just moves fast like a like a white streak or a white shadow. And like he swears to it. And he used to scare his kids to death with this thing. Like they they all were like the white thing and they're scared shitless about it. What's funny is when I was a kid, my granddaddy, which I worshiped the ground he walked on, because he knew I mean, back in those that generation knew everything. Yes. Because they had to know how to fix what they had. You're right. So anytime something we had at our house, my dad would just call it was his father-in-law, my mom's dad. He'd be like, hey, can, can you come over and look at this? Sure enough, he'd know how to fix it. So me and my brother over there one day, and and so he's like, let's go fishing. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And so we go into a creek up up in uh, Haywood Valley. And uh, so we're driving along, and uh, John's Mountain's on one side of it. And uh, he said, right here, he said, if you go up this logging road, he said, I don't know exactly where it's at. He said, probably a, a probably a good mile and a half up the up the road. He said, there's a vein of gold. He said, and if times ever get hard, he said, I know where to, you know, we can get some gold. Oh, wow. And I begged him. I was like, Granddad, take me, man. I just want to see it. And mm-hmm. he was like, uh-uh, I'm not taking you because you'll get greedy once <laughs> you see it. Yeah. He said, and son, he said, that's there for an emergency. Mm-hmm. He said, but I'll tell you this. He said, you're not going to go up there at night. He said, because... He said, I've known two farmers that have gone looking for it and they've lost, they've left two mule teams on the mountain because something's up there guarding that thing at night. No way. And it like would, it would send chills down your spine. Yeah. And he, the way he would tell it, it made you believe, look, granddaddy ain't shitting you. He ain't mm-hmm. telling you a tall tale to keep mm-hmm. you from going up there. But every time, even to this day, 
I'll ride by that same area and it's kind of been developed, but I know where that there's, there's still like an old, it's, it's actually now between two chicken houses, but I always said, you know, if I ever struck it rich, I'd buy all that land and I would just go up there and see if I could find it. But yeah. that's the thing. I mean, talk about the old, the old timers and stuff, you know, mountain men kind of thing. I mean, I feel like most of those guys, if they tell you something and it's legit. They're yeah. not just going to tell you a tall tale to right. see what happens. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. It's a, yeah. My dad's friend, he's a, he's an interesting dude. Like no doubt. He, uh, he, um, he'd went fishing in a swamp and, uh, he got stuck in the mud and he grabbed a tree limb to pull himself out. And when he grabbed the tree limb, there was a cotton mouth sitting on the limb and it bit him right on the hand. So he pulled his hand away and the snake's like stuck in his hand. He grabs it and throws it. And then his wife calls my dad and he's like, you just got to get up here. I, I'm worried he got snake bit and he won't go to the hospital. So me and my dad drive over there, you know, drive. we lived in Rome. So we drive all the way to Somerville and dude's just chilling on his front porch. His hands swelled up like a damn football. And my dad's like, you dumb son of a bitch. You need to go to the hospital. And he's like, nah, he's like, fine. He's like, and he had a real bad nosebleed. He's like, if it ain't better by in the morning, I'll go. And it's like, well, shit, you may be dead in the morning. But, uh, yeah, woke up next day. He's uh, just shook it off. Just shook it off. Like, I mean, what the hell? I mean, he's, he really sewed his finger back on. That's he about crazy. cut that bitch off with a chainsaw, sewed it back on. So That's crazy. All right, so now we get into some North Carolina sightings. And the first one says, and I think, yeah, this is the only one that I found from North Carolina. It's a little long. So it says, I live on the edge of the North Carolina coast and have been in this beach town my whole life. You get a few mile, few miles west from the beach and you're immediately in the country. My mother's side has lived here as far back as memory serves. And my father is a Sioux whose mother moved him here as a child away from the reservation. Since I can remember, my mother's side of the family has had run-ins with the Wampus Cat. Legends vary depending on where you are, but commonly around here it said she was a Cherokee woman who snuck into the woods to listen in on a males-only meeting that included the chief and their medicine man. Not sure if it's the correct term for the tribe. She wore the skin of a cougar as a disguise, but she was found out, and the medicine man cursed her to forever wear this cougar skin. She now stalks people for what reason I don't know, but it follows me, and my family always has. That's wild. Yeah. We've gotten so used to the wampus cat, we used to expect, we just expect her when we move into a new house. Or the seasons are changing, or we find ourselves in a, mo a moment of emotional weakness. When my mother had a rough day being bullied in middle school back in the 80s, she was crying and riding her bike home down a country dirt road. The sun is setting, but it's not dark out yet. Behind her, she hears this shriek. I've heard it before, and it sounds like when an eagle screams, but with that gurgling gutturalness of a cougar's roar. I'm glad you had to say that. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> <laughs> So she turns around and she sees a huge creature, dark matted fur in a stance like a gorilla stands in when it walks on its knuckles, back legs crouched a bit, chest and head up, supported by the arms on the knuckles. She turns around and races on her bike all the way home. She told her mom what she saw and she calmly says, that's the wampus cat. They never hurt us. They just like to spook you. And that was that. So I grew up with a native father, superstitious as hell, 
and practically jumping under the bed to hide when we heard the wampus cat scream in the backyard some nights, while my mom and grandmother just kind of acknowledged, oh, it's the cat again, and I have gone my whole life with this as completely normal. Even when I got married and my husband was out by the woods with me, we'd hear the scream, see the leaves on the forest floor kick up as it stalked us, never coming too close, and have to realize that two people who didn't grow up in my town this was a terrifying experience. To me, it's like when you occasionally see a cardinal in the trees. A bit different than the day-to-day, but nothing life-changing. My closest encounter was one night in high school. My friend and I and her boyfriend were sitting on the front porch enjoying the nighttime salt air and lightning bugs. A huge, gorilla-sized, extremely hairy animal runs up to the front of the porch and screams like hell has opened up. Now, I'm semi-used to the critter, but I don't want it five feet from me. We go to her bedroom and for about an hour hear it stalking back and forth under her window about 10 feet down. Coastal towns have raised houses on stilts in case of hurricanes. Growling, spitting, and screaming rolling around in the foliage. Just being pesky and grumpy. Finally it wanders off. All is quiet and we fall asleep. No, I ain't falling asleep. Sleep? Yeah, I'm falling asleep in another fucking state. Yeah. I'm Every, a, I, am, I am not <laughs> sleeping, not sleeping there ever again. Every once in a while, I'll still hear it. It's just life here. This town is extremely haunted. I've grown up a few miles from the Fort Fisher battleground and many historic and tragic places. I have too many unnatural encounters with all sorts of things to put in one post. She'd be an interesting conversation. We need to get her on your podcast. Yeah, for real. Be like, uh, so when you come in, are you bringing those mushrooms? (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. About 10 years ago, I was on a bike ride with my father and sister and saw the strange, strange feline. As we were riding through Bidwell Park in uh, Chico, California, which is a large natural city park, we were somewhat between the upper and lower portions, and it was around 5 or 6 p.m. The cat was larger than, a domestic cat, larger than any domestic cat I'd ever seen, but nowhere near the size of a mountain lion, which are occasionally seen in this area. It was solid black or perhaps even very dark brown, had a smallish head proportioned to its body, uh, had round ears and exceptionally long tail. The cat probably weighed as much as a medium dog, maybe around 30 to 40 pounds. I definitely startled it and it quickly bolted with a graceful slink of your usual feline. A few years later, my parents purchased a lot directly across from the street from the area where I saw this cat, I haven't seen it again, but my father, perhaps is a bit skeptic of my story at first, has seen a cat that matches that description on uh, several occasions, usually after dusk. He even got within several yards of it uh, by laying in the grass <laughs> beyond the fence. We have now gotten, we have not gotten any pictures of it though. See, that's my thing. If you're seeing it regular and you know you're going to go outside to try to see this thing, why are you not trying to take pictures of it? I'm not taking my cell phone. Yeah. I'm getting somebody's 35 millimeter. Yeah. I mean, and somebody's nine millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll take you a picture of that gun. thing when we're when it's dead, got a hole in it. So the environment we have seen it in is rural. Uh, only three houses in the area, all on acreage, though one decently busy road. Partly forest with oaks, cottonwoods, and silver pines, tall grass, and a lot of uh, scrubby brush like elderberry, uh, willow, grapevine, etc., and a creek that runs <clears throat> through the whole area. Other wildlife 
in the area include deer, raccoons, skunks, jackrabbits, coyotes, and occasionally a lone wolf. Uh, once, every once in a while, a mountain lion will be spotted uh, around our neighbor's mare and her new foal. So, so yeah, they, that's definitely going to draw them in some, uh, yeah, some fresh meat, some bloody fresh meat. Examined by fishing game, who requested we shoot the line if we see it. I don't think the tracks were from the mysterious black cat because they were always way too large uh, than what we always thought. Plenty of birds, reptiles, rodents, and insects. Also, my parents have a very small, now uh, old domestic feline, and the neighbors have a large dog, which is usually inside, and a few horses. The head was awkwardly small for its body compared to a domestic cat with rounded ears like a jaguardini or an ocelot, perhaps a mutant jaguardini, since North California is a bit isolated from these species, reported Central American range. Also, the jaguardini seems smaller than our mystery cat that is around 30 to 40 pounds. Any ideas, she says. And a jaguardini, we'll get into what that actually is, but it's it's kind of like a subspecies, but again, we'll we'll you know touch on that in a second. So it's a smaller version of a jaguar. I believe so. Okay. So in September of 1964 in Marion County, California, and this is uh, Michaela Graham from Richmond, California. She says, quote, people seem to think I'm crazy when I told them today that I've seen this big black cat that was not a house cat, approximately four feet long or so without the tail, jet black, very beautiful and sleek. I have this big ridge part of Miller Knox Park right in front of my house. Every morning I hike up hike it up to a point called Point Richmond and walk back on the middle level ridge trails. The first time I saw it, I only got a glimpse of it from the side. I saw something black run past me. When I turned my head, I just saw the back. I immediately had the thought mountain lion and then immediately thought, nah, they don't have mountain lions here and mountain lions are brown. I thought that it's maybe a dog or maybe a deer that looked very dark. Talked myself into thinking that it must have been some kind of black deer. This morning around 8.30 a.m. or so, when I was walking in a little canyon, I saw it again. No questions, a big black cat, no house cat, but a large cat. Jet black, no other colors. Hmm. All right. So before we get into the possible explanations, my dad, of all people, said that, and this was, I had I think I'd been married. It was before my son. There's a, uh, used to be an old pay by the pound catfish pond, just like a quarter of a mile from my parents' house. Mm-hmm. So he said he's coming home and he gets within a hundred yards of the, like a low area on one side of the lake. And he said this huge black cat crosses in front of the lake, kind of turns around and looks like oh car and then kind of sleeks into the woods. And he swears that it was, about half the size of a road lane, hmm. tail and all. Wow. Man, that's a big that's ass a big cat. Ass cat. Yeah, he was is. like, you can call me stupid, whatever you want to tell yeah. me. Yeah. But I saw it. And so, I mean, you know, like we said at the beginning, everybody knows someone that has had a sighting. And so just to throw it off as, you know, people's imagination and stuff, I think that's, you know, it doesn't do it justice. I think there's something really out there. I agree with you. I do too. Now, some possible explanations are not 
the way it was written, it says, although relying on explanations is not nearly as intriguing as taking the cryptozoological approach, there are a number of factors that can attempt to account for big black cat sightings in the Northeast. First off, some sightings have been officially deemed hoaxes. Of course. I mean, you're going to have That's the easy way out. Yeah. (laughs) That's the easy way out. Others have been cases of mistaken identity where big black house cats look larger at a great distance. I don't, you know, I saw that a lot when I was doing the research. I just don't, I don't think a a house cat's going to look bigger at a large distance. A Maine Coon cat is big, but it doesn't look like a bobcat. It doesn't look like a panther or a cougar. You know, it's not that big. No. And they're pretty distinct, you know. Yeah. The third, probably most likely explanation of a credible report would be a sighting of an escaped jaguar or leopard from a zoo, and escapes have happened historically. However, an actual black cat could also be the offspring of zoo escapees, which maintains that the animal are actually surviving in the area on their own. Which is very possible. And I think that's, I think when we get down to the nitty gritty of it, I think that, that could be a lot of these. I think mm-hmm. taking into consideration zoo escapees, dumbasses that, that bomb that bomb and yeah. then they escape and you bought a pair because you don't want them to be lonely mm-hmm. and you didn't think they were going to get yeah. pregnant and then oh shit they got a litter and or dnr's on their way here turn the cats loose. that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're not getting caught with these damn cats no many people like to believe that such strange and noble creatures can exist so far out of place but as most as with most cryptids scientists deem their existence unlikely however there are a number of theories that account for sightings of cryptid black panthers in Appalachia. The Jaguardini is known to range from South America to Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. And although not widely known by the public, Jaguardinis are prime candidates for spawning black panther reports. Mm. They are medium-sized cat with a mean body size of 102 centimeters for females and 114 for males. According to Mexican researcher Arturo Caso, other sources list them as ranging from 100 to 120 centimeters with the tail making up the greatest part of the length. What's funny is I've been teaching conversions this week in algebra. And so basically, if you divide that centimeters by two and a half, you get inches. So if we're looking at 100, you're looking at just under, you know, 24, 36 inches cat, mm-hmm. not taking into the the, the side of a tail. So that's a large cat. That's a big cat. That's a big yeah, ass cat. Yeah. Now that's not, you know, Jaguar size, but that is bigger than a house cat and yep. something that you wouldn't, you know, recognize. So I think that may have, that may hold some water. Most specimens are about 20, 20 centimeters tall and spot. I'm sorry. And spar. Shit. I cannot say it. It's because you're hanging out with me and sport. You a forget dark, how to read. Dark gray <laughs> color while others are chocolate brown or blonde. A large Jaguardini crossing a road in front of a motorist or appearing before an unsuspecting hunter could easily be labeled as a Black Panther. Since very few people are aware of Jaguardinis, it's highly unlikely they would report seeing one. The term Black Panther is quick and easy to report to others. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, that kind of it kind of gets back on what we were talking about earlier as far as like escaped cats or um, the crossbreeding with these other these other animals and and getting acclimated to climates and being able to survive uh but yeah it's uh i mean there's so much out there that that we just don't know well and, and we've kind of talked about this on our podcast coach and i have there's a lot of things out there that you know every 
every day, if not every year, there's five to 10 new species that they find. And, you know, for years, the mountain gorilla was thought to be Extinct. a legend. Mm -hmm. They never thought that there was anything such as a mountain gorilla. And then they go and they not only find one, they find a whole troop of gorillas, of these mountain gorillas. And then I also, you know, I had referenced this a couple of times. Think about the forest elephants. Something yeah. that big can move through the forest so quietly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, say what you want to about people that believe in cryptids and stuff. But like most historians will say, you know, legends have some kind of root in mm -hmm. reality. So there's something there. It came from somewhere. Right. Yeah. You know, in, in the Native American, the wampus cat thing about being cursed and things like that, that's a good way to explain it. But at the same time, it's not just somebody's active imagination. I think, you know, there are big black cats out there, larger than house cats. They may or may not be the size of jaguars, but there's definitely something going out there. I mean, and I didn't reference it in my notes, but, you know, the old History Channel, The Monster Quest, they did a whole episode on the black cats, and there was a guy, he saw one, he actually videotaped it off his deck, and he was smart. He took the next day at the same time, same conditions, and he made his wife hold the video camera. You can tell he's not really from the South because he would have made her go out there, but... yes. <laughs> he had her operate the camera from the same place he held the camera. And so he went out there and where he was standing, you could use his height reference to, and he said, look, I'm, you know, five foot 10. So use me as a reference point, measure the tree, the, the circumference of the tree, and then use that, that reference to measure the cat. And, and so that cat came out to be something like four or five feet long. Oh, it was wow. like two feet high. And so they couldn't explain it. Sure. And I think that's the thing, man. I think there are some things out there, you know, dealing with these cats that there's some legitimate creatures out there. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I think? And I, I kind of batted this around a couple of times that we were going to do it on our podcast. Uh, and we still may do it, but this is a course, uh, this is a pretty much a conspiracy theory on my end, what I think. But if you notice how a lot of these animals are resurfacing, uh, they're like, oh, this thing's been extinct and we just found one in the wild. What I think is they are cloning these, growing these animals that are extinct in laboratories. Yeah, they find a tooth that's got some DNA. And, they're, and yeah. they're turning them back loose into the wild, trying to get them to repopulate. Well, think about the coyote. When we were kids, there was Nothing. zero coyotes yeah. in this area. Now they're, they're all over the fucking yeah. place. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how, how things like that, will, you know, they try to reintroduce things into the population to control mm -hmm. certain predators and stuff or, or certain explosions of animals but i mean you know closing theory wise you know i think there's some legitimacy to this i think you know like i said there's there's something definitely physically out there right i think this is not you know like the jersey devil or or the mothman or something like that i think there's been enough sightings throughout the continental u.s uh in england you know I, th I even saw reports, and I didn't. We didn't include it in our notes or this episode. But there's there's been sightings of these black cats in Australia. Oh wow, I didn't know that. So I mean, it's not like, you know, it's just an isolated only in this one area. So you could chalk it up to hoaxes, or you could mm -hmm. chalk it up to somebody being drunk. Or yeah, high. yeah. But I mean, you know, I really do. I think I think this this holds some water. Yeah. 
there's there's some certain species of cat that's out there pulling a Johnny Appleseed. It's going out there and uh, planting seed. Yeah, everywhere it goes. Yeah, and now it's all over the place. You're right, so, man. Yeah. You're right. So we do recommendations, and I know I didn't I didn't let you, but I, my biggest recommendation is you know do your own research first of all, but look into that Texas. Uh, just type into Google. You know, Texas, uh, big cat sightings. And I mean, the, the Texas, I think it's Texas Parks and Wildlife is what the TPW stands for. But they have a whole blog and you can get on there and you can put your sighting on there. And uh, the TPW will get on there and, and uh, thank you for saying, you know, bringing it to their attention and stuff. And then there's a couple of articles out near San Diego where somebody had seen one and it kind of made the news. And then they were inundated with reports and it's just you know on i think it was like as early as march of 2021 they were like you know three or four people come forward and yeah i saw it here i saw it there i saw it here and then they interview a um a border patrol agent and he was like look man you know me and a buddy of mine we were patrolling the border about five years ago and sure enough there wasn't just one there was two or three of them yeah and so you know the whole thing with that the jaguardini and then some of those panthers and stuff creeping up from south america you know yeah temperatures are getting higher especially in the uh the southwest and so i mean that their range is kind of creeping northward Mm -hmm. so i mean it's very possible very possible i believe yeah i think i mean going with that and going back to people that are bringing these exotic animals in uh, and they're just getting loose or they're you know they're tired of fooling with them and turning them loose things like that so I mean, I 100% feel like there's there's a lot of validity in in uh, what these people are seeing. Yeah, I do. T- I, I totally agree with you. And man. I and I hope I don't. I ever, hope I don't ever see one. See one. Yeah, me either. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate you coming on and uh, sitting in for old coach, and hopefully, yeah, he's thanks doing, for having me. He's doing well, and like I said, you know, he just had an opportunity that he could not pass up, and uh, hopefully, you know, he will be back. So those of you that miss coach. This is not the end of the coach, and he will be back, and we will get back into our normal mysterious disappearances and uh, unknown killers. But, uh, again, man, Rob, thank you so much. Yeah, man, man. thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, deuces.